I'm Alan, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Kaylee, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Danielle. My pronouns are she, her. And you are listening to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast from Broad Digital Consulting. Tuesday, we have come to uh, ruin, enlighten, have maybe no impact at all on your week. I am one of your hosts of Target Snarket, a weekly podcast by Broad Digital Consulting, and my name is Danielle. I am the second host, Kaylee, and I am Alan. You guys are really like, (laughs) (laughs) you know. You come didn't up, even say third host. <laughs> you come up with these incredible, like it, it almost feels like a fucking uh, a Norm Macdonald bit where he just like plays it super straight and like there are no jokes really at all, or they're all dad jokes. And then he's like, "Uh huh, uh huh," and like, you have these really beautiful, hilarious intros, and then you're like, "No, I'm leaving Danielle hanging today." <laughs> I'm I'm leaving her on the ledge. I don't care about her at all. Uh, okay, I'm Alan, the inventor of uh, running on depresso and espresso. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Kaylee was supposed to incorporate that. Yeah, I thought she was going to do it in her intro. Stole it. You know, you don't no. know where it's gonna come up. I said it. <laughs> she has a whole fucking hour to incorporate the joke that we pre-planned for the podcast, and you, you were like, "No, I'm taking it. It's mine now." <laughs> Dude, I'm so sorry. Uh, Do we want to redo this, or no, is this how we're no, going? I guess. Is- <laughs> Kaylee, feel free to uh, to reincorporate it later on if uh, if it fits, if it works. <laughs> unbelievable oh my god (laughs) okay so uh without further ado i suppose uh we've recently crossed over into our 25th episode we did it boys we did it we did it joe uh and yay uh we started this well i guess we launched back in february didn't we yeah it was that's right it was valentine's day yep Oh, and I shared it with the two of you. Yeah, a gift of love. That truly, truly a gift of love. Uh, we actually though didn't we start recording back in December? I think so. Yeah, because we were in our offsite or onsite. I don't know what that is. I you know I've heard it called both things. I mean, I guess it was offsite for y'all, but it was like an onsite for me since. It was in my office, uh, but I do remember all of us in one site. Uh, that was what it was. The, the simul site. Uh, that was when we had the uh, the whiteboard where we put the blanket over the whiteboard. It was a it was a pretty profesh setup. If I <laughs> we're do. basically engineers, right? Basically, yeah. I I like how we were like, how can we structure this room for the greatest sound quality without <laughs> investing in any kind of soundproofing? <laughs> Which is how we do things. Over a whiteboard. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really how we do things here at Broad. How can we spend the least money before we have to spend the most money? <laughs> 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 Oh, man. So 25. Well, I mean, now I think we're like 27 or 28. I think we totally missed our 25th episode, but we recently did it. And uh, we were talking about how um, one of our was it our first episode. It was I had the this game, the hot takes game. Yeah, that was our first. God, I'm so smart. Um, How do you guys (laughs) even deal with it? Uh, (laughs) But we we thought about reviving that because uh, I remember we had too many hot takes and our producer, Marco, who is routinely mad at me uh, for 
these episodes going over uh, longer than she wants. She was like, yeah, I cut like a lot of those hot takes. Like we could probably cobble what she cut into a larger episode. Um, maybe that's just like from the vault. Maybe that's like a special, a special edition. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think though, like, I really like that. Uh, what was it? You all recorded last week in like an hour or less. And then we had uh, the episode with Rod that went way long. And I like how I was like, hey, I feel like we should, instead of splitting up this really long episode, we should just like keep it in one and like just tell people like settle in. You know, it's a long one, but it's a good one. And I like how she came back and like didn't acknowledge this. Margo, I'm calling you out right now. And she was like, (laughs) hey, Alan and Kaylee, Thanks for keeping the other one short. And I was like, wow. It was 45 minutes, too. It's called efficiency. Believable. Mm -hmm. It was the it was the shade involved in in like completely (laughs) bypassing how long the other one was and be like, "Mm, that one you recorded before this one, it was perfect. Thank you. So we're going to try and keep this one short again today as well. Uh, I have limited the uh, the subject selections for hot takes in an effort to do that. Uh, for those of you who have not listened to our very first uh, party kickoff episode uh, where we did these hot takes, essentially what we do is uh, I've got a topic. Everybody's got a minute. Is it a minute or 30 seconds? No, we had 30 seconds last time and never hit, we never kept it that short. Okay. Well, we'll do 45 since I cut it so short <laughs> this time. Watch it end up. It's like, we're like calling our clients like, hey, sorry, we're having fun and need to delay our meeting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're finally playing a game again. <laughs> so uh, what we will do then is I will set the timer for 45 seconds. I am going to share a topic that has recently been in any kind of business, marketing, or technology news. And then everybody will have an opportunity to respond. They will have 45 seconds to give us their their hot take. We still haven't really, like, like I feel like we came up with a name for this. It was like Caliente Commentary or something. I'm not in love with That's it. That's the name. I'm wow. in love with it. That's been wow. <laughs> Alan, are you just making a habit of copying Kaylee today? You, or is this like <laughs> you want something longer, maybe? I don't know. Ooh. Oh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the title's too short for Danielle. You know. <laughs> everyone here can please go fuck themselves. Um, <laughs> what, Alan? Ellen, you're muted. I wasn't talking to you. My dog is low-grade whining because my partner just bought a taco toy for him because they were missing Taco Bell. (laughs) And I was just like, can you please get him? Oh, see, (laughs) you were looking right at us while you were doing it. And you were like, like mouthing something like oh okay what what's up Sorry. the taco toy though that's fantastic okay mm-hmm. so we're gonna go ahead and get started uh our very first uh, you know what i i had this written as our first subject but i'm gonna save it till the end so instead yeah. we are going to alan you're gonna you're gonna kick us off with our first opinion because i know that you have plenty of opinions about this uh but we'll go ahead and start with our first topic for hot takes, over 30% of CMOs in America believe that worker productivity has decreased in the last year. Uh, Many of them blame remote work. Tell me, what do you think about that? Your 45 seconds begins now. How many seconds are allocated to my eyes rolling back in my head so far (laughs) that I can no longer see? How many seconds do I get? Uh, Listen, I I don't know if worker productivity, like, first of all, I have questions about this study. Second of all, maybe it's just people actually working the hours that their job description or doing their job description because we're having a revolution in, in work. You know, people are like, I'm not doing this anymore. Maybe that's it. But it's certainly not remote work. 
how are they measuring this? I think I just have too many questions, you know, like how are they measuring this? And also this seems like a ploy by big return to office to get people back in the office. I'm so mad. Your time is up. Perfect. I actually accidentally had it set for 45 minutes and didn't realize that until what I was done. Just- <laughs> it was like, ah, like panicked. Like, no, I was like, I would just talk for the entire episode about how mad they are at big return to office, big RTO. Uh, <laughs> big RTO. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kaylee, you ready? Hit it. Yeah. So I have a similar question of how are they measuring it? Because I used to work at a company where they measured it essentially based off billable hours and like what you were spending your time on according to your time tracker. But it doesn't necessarily mean that like things didn't get accomplished. Like if things if deadlines are getting passed and things aren't getting accomplished, I think that's a different story than just vague productivity. Okay. That, well, that's my thought. There you go. All right. Uh, then I will go ahead and, and start mine. I think it's interesting that you say that too, because I don't know if it was like agencies or vendors that were surveyed in this, because I know a lot of the the agency vendor support relationships that I've seen or businesses that I've seen, they're struggling um, with productivity because they aren't selling enough. And so their employees mm. can't work on anything billable because the sales aren't there. But I will use my remaining seconds to say that I think that there are a lot of things at play and that CMOs, the C-suite is just generally being very incurious about what leads to lower productivity. We just came out of a pandemic. We are struggling with a ton of economic issues right now. There are people who hate their jobs and want to leave, but are scared to do so. There's a lot of mental trauma that's happening right now. And I don't think we're being honest about that. Oh, Danielle, that was wow. such a delicious answer. I Thank love you. it. Type 45. I, type 45. I, <laughs> I actually uh, am, am hoping to write a piece about this uh, coming up here very soon. As, as an aside, just because I saw a friend, a colleague of mine post about this, uh, also people of color, black people in particular were polled recently, <laughs> not all black people, uh, but like, <laughs> there was a sample size of black um, folks who were polled about return to office. And they, uh, overwhelmingly said that they did not want to return to office, uh, because working from home meant less racism they were confronted with every day to their Mm. face so just something interesting otherwise to think about we will hit up the next topic here kaylee you're going to be first up you ready yeah uh threads that uh wonderful bastard child uh meant to be like twitter but also owned by zuck it uh rolled out in a way that blew Twitter's users out of the water. I'm going to say Twitter because like it wasn't X yet. Uh, but since then, the threads user count, the thread count has rapidly dwindled. <laughs> oh, has anybody made that joke before? I don't know. Maybe I'm the hilarious. first. I'm going to keep using I'm sure. <laughs> wow. It couldn't be me. <laughs> I couldn't be the fucking first one to make the joke. Kaylee, Jesus. Uh, Anyhow, the thread count has rapidly dwindled, as has time spent on the platform. Do you think that threads can make a comeback? And if so, Kaylee, how? Your time starts now. I will say I'm part of the losing of the thread count. I got excited about it for one day, and then I was like, I don't have anything to talk about. I've been off Twitter for so long that I just don't have a want to live tweet anything, essentially. Um, That being said, I know more businesses have started to get onto threads. So I think a comeback could be coming in the way of businesses and starting to roll out advertising that way, because it is a big place where Twitter ads are just like, you can see tons of articles about Twitter ads been kind of going down across a bunch of businesses because they don't trust the direction of the platform. And if Twitter's no longer going to be that space it used to be, Threads is that space that people look for. All right. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, my time starts now. I, I am also, Kaylee, I'm with you. I uh, definitely got really excited about it because I was like, oh my God, this is like Twitter. It has the feel of Twitter. It has the punch and the satire and the funny because like one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts about Twitter 
is watching people workshop jokes. Like if you mm -hmm. see a lot of memes that get passed around on Instagram, a lot of them are just tweets or like screenshots of tweets. And I, I think that Twitter is where people are most hilarious, but it's also where people are most awful. So I was excited to see even like with just my Instagram following, because I follow people on Instagram that I like, that I want to see more from. So I was excited to see that. I think that there, I'm running out of time. There needs to be, he's got to do something else to bring people back in, uh, in general. Mm. Otherwise, I don't think it'll survive. Make a change. Make mm. a change. Alan, are you ready? I am. Go for it. Yeah, you touched on my thought at the end there. Like, it making a comeback, like everything about threads feels so recycled and it also feels like people are recycling content from twitter that they that already went viral in an attempt to go viral you see mm. businesses on there and it feels really um inauthentic it's all just been done before and that's why i got off of threads or just stopped using it pretty naturally so i don't know it seemed like a very reactionary thing that was successful for the moment but maybe not enough thought behind making it innovative went into it in order for it to like succeed long-term. That is super interesting and thoughtful, Alan. Ooh, I don't know why I sound surprised at how interesting. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's, I'm not like, it would just, it, like I had not thought about uh, things that, that, yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a carbon copy of something else, which arguably meta has done a whole lot of in the past, Right. Mm -hmm. And it's worked in some right. ways. So I can see why they were like, this will work again. But this felt, I mean, this felt reactionary to like the Zuck Elon. That's fair. That's fair. I wonder too, <laughs> if just, and this could be like a future episode topic too, just like user behavior changes, like just because mm -hmm. technology, like, you know, technology keeps changing and they say that they're evolving to user behavior and they're shaping user behavior. But really, I feel like we're kind of sitting in this weird evolution right now where like technology isn't really changing. It's just repackaging itself mm -hmm. and expecting user behavior to stay shaped to it. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe you won't. Interesting uh, future topic for sure. Okay, next. Uh, I'm up. Days old startups are receiving millions of dollars in funding with barely a proof of concept right now, especially at a time where most venture capital and private equity investments uh, are uh, being cut or being shaved off. But right now, this space in particular is not one where that's happening. Sometimes these startups are receiving this millions uh, only with use case theory. Corporations are laying off whole teams. And the reason behind this is big and bold betting on the future of AI and how it will permeate our lives. Is this smart to invest this and to lay off these folks because you're betting on robots or is it short-sighted? Uh, my time begins now. I think it's super short-sighted. I think that uh, a lot of these corporations forget in their haste to be the first to do something. They forget two things. One, you have to be good at it too. You can't just be the first. And two, often the people who take their time, the companies that take their time and really uh, don't make the jump to invest before they have a superior product are the ones who are better. Who remembers the Sony e-reader? Not very many people. Why? Because the Kindle came and blew them out of the fucking water. Despite the fact that the e-reader was first, for years they were first, the Kindle did it better. And I think that that's what companies need to focus on right now is being more cautious and trying to do it better. Al, or who is, who's after me? Alan, you're after me. You're up. Man, did you start my time? Now I have. Okay, before you talked, I kind of thought it was smart because, and my argument was going to be, but I actually agree with you, I think, but my argument <laughs> was going to be that AI is such a game changer. It doesn't feel like a normal tech gadget. This is a structural foundational piece that is going to change how technology works, in my opinion, forever. And the people who take advantage of it and do it well right away are going to be the next Zucks, the next Elons, you know what I mean? Like 
people are pushing to be billionaires and I think there's opportunity for it. I think that sucks for the rest of us. I'm worried. Um, but that was what the argument I was going to make, but I do agree with you, Danielle. So maybe it's a both and situation. Sure. Mm -hmm. Kaylee, you ready? Yeah. Hit it. So I think of Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, where everyone was super excited about this groundbreaking technology that no one stopped to question, like, how does this actually work or anything? And so we got so excited, so much money was given to it, but they were still using the same old quality blood tests. And a lot of people ended up getting misdiagnosed with cancer because it was only a drop of blood. Like hindsight, it's super cool, but you have no one that's like showing you how it's being built. If you have no proof of concept, I think you're going to get more WeWorks, Theranoses, all the like scam entrepreneurs we've had from the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, yeah, uh, an excellent point too. Especially because, I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of these startups are being funded with just like a, an idea. They don't, they don't have a proof of concept. They haven't put anything out yet. Yeah, it's, like, are they the techies that are like, I'm working on this? Or is it like, I know a guy that's doing this stuff and you're going to love it? Like, I know that it's all young white dudes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all young white always. dudes that are just saying like, hey, uh, I'll bet AI could do X, Y, Z, but we're going to need, I mean, I think essentially what they're doing is they're saying we're going to need millions of dollars in order to find the talent and the workforce and invest in the technology to be able to do it. So like, they don't even know that they can do it yet. From what mm -hmm. I understand, it's like, uh, wouldn't it be cool if I'll bet we could do it? Why wouldn't we be able to do it? Which is just wild. Like we've talked about this on, on the pod before we've talked about this internally, like, the idea, I, I wish that I was of the demographic sometimes that was born with like, yeah, I mean, like, duh, why wouldn't I be able to do it? Like, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like, where I think in, oh God, but, but I got to do it this way. I got to make sure it's done perfectly. What if I can't do it? What if it fails? To be, to be just born with, I can ask for millions of dollars in funding because why wouldn't I be able to succeed in this? <laughs> to be Billy McFarlane and make Fire Festival. <laughs> why, why wouldn't I? And then it come back and do another one. And then do a second one and be like, nah, it's different this time. <laughs> <laughs> why wasn't I given the audacity? Uh, okay, Alan, are you ready? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I think going first, it's so scary. Okay. You're going to do so good. Hey, okay. you know, you're killing, killing it. Thank you. <laughs> Baby just okay. needed a little reassurance. Yeah. yeah. You're doing yeah. great, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> uh, Apple is reducing access to more metrics for email marketers. Congress is still trying to remove targeting options for advertisers, all in a supposed play for improved user privacy. I believe we talked about this a little bit in that last Hot Takes one where we talked about the fact that, you know, supposed play in the way that like Apple is making a play for a demand side platform. So they're hoping to sell this data to other people. Congress is saying that they want more privacy, but doesn't necessarily like understand the technology at all. I mean, we have geriatric people asking if like Facebook is has to be plugged in, you know, like things like that. So like with all of this in this uh, uh, very fevered uh, haste to improve user privacy, are we getting our privacy back or are we just getting a poor online experience? What do you think? Your time starts now. Uh, I would say probably the latter, but also I don't know enough about this subject to really say it. But if we put on our tinfoil hats right now, mm -hmm. there's a part of me that's like, if corporations are leading these privacy efforts, how much of it is ultimately benefiting consumers and end users? I don't trust people who are trying to make money off of something with good reason. So with my tinfoil hat, I'd be like, probably they're doing things that look good, but aren't actually helping. That would be my guess. Amazing. You had seven seconds left. 
Well, just oh, enough wow. time to take off our tinfoil hats. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it bad, though, that the tinfoil hat isn't even all that? Like, it's not, I mean, it's a pretty useful hat these days. <laughs> it's like finding out aliens really exist, so there's right. no need for tinfoil hats right. anymore. No, like, do we, do we actually just mass produce the tinfoil hat and make it a really standardized hat that people wear? Yeah. Make it pink, Barbie, fire. Business it. ideas, right. Marketing the, expert right. in the house. The, the, yeah. pussy, the pussy hats did their thing. So why do I keep, I mm-hmm. keep like motioning keep- to my head. This is where the pussy hat <laughs> goes, is on the head here. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they did their thing. I mean, why not? Why not the tinfoil hats? Anyway, Kaylee, you're up. Your time starts now. Yeah, so I'm going to talk from personal experience that it's going to be a poorer online experience because shame it, my boyfriend and I use VPNs now and our YouTube tar- ad targeting is trash. It's garbage now. We get Spanish speaking ads. Neither of us speak Spanish. Like not even, I think it still puts us in Florida sometimes. So we get like Sarasota, Florida events happening. We're no longer in that state. And it makes you literally just stop and look at each other and go like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, why is this here? Um, Additionally, as an advertiser, we have clients that target uh, or for LGBTQ persons and it sucks not targeting for them. No, I mean, finish finish your thought there, because I do think that this is actually, this is very important, like what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Finish your thought there. So Facebook and tech, everyone is no longer allows you, every social platform from our experience has been, they are no longer allowing you to target anything surrounding LGBTQ, most likely because they assume every ad is going to be an attack ad rather than maybe resources and services for these people and demographic for a safe space. So rather than that, we have to push out these ads in communities where like, we know it's going to get backlash. We know in rural areas, it's going to get a lot of hate comments that we have to monitor. And it makes everyone's experience not great. Yeah. We also have to target offensive things then, you know, we're like, because we have to do like interests and likes and that can get Super so stereotypical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ellen yeah. DeGeneres. Like. Super rude. RuPaul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I think too, this is something that maybe folks have not thought about. Um, I, like I said, I, I know that this is, this is outside the, the 45 seconds, but I, I do feel very, very strongly about this. And it's something I'm very passionate about and was pretty upset about and continue to be upset about uh, when they started to announce that they were going to roll back targeting um, of LGBTQ populations in advertising. First, they eliminated the option to target based on your sexuality or who you were interested in, uh, you know, sexually, romantically. And that was like, a, okay, fine. And then I, I think, is Facebook still eliminated gender targeting, correct? No, it's still gender targeting is still there. Okay. binary gender targeting. Binary gender targeting. So there's that, right? Um, but uh, we used to be able to target like LGBTQ, like when we're talking about interest-based targeting, you could type in LGBTQ groups. You could target um, people who were interested in the human rights campaign. You could target mm-hmm. people who were interested in PFLAG and things like this that that were significant uh, interests in LGBTQ organizations. So not just like straight up like RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, And now what Kaylee is saying is that when we lose the ability to target people based on this, we end up showing the ad to people who are not a sympathetic audience that can actually be a Mm -hmm. pretty hateful and homophobic audience. And then what that means is that when we have our clients that we're trying to advertise the resources that they provide to the LGBTQ community, we have to monitor vigilantly, but we also have to sleep, you know, uh, we have to monitor vigilantly for this, this homophobia, these hate comments, because if you are somebody in a marginalized community 
that needs resources, that needs support, that needs help, if you are this person and you see an ad on Facebook for an organization that can help you, but it's littered with comments of using slurs, uh, telling people that they should go die, saying um, that, you know, gay people deserve to burn in hell. Like, and you, you see all of this homophobia, transphobia, which I know that our country is no shortage of right now in the comments. And you are already somebody who is in a vulnerable or fragile enough state to need these resources in the first place what the fuck do you think that does to a person seeing something like that? Do you think that makes them more or less likely to be able to click the link and get the help they need? We have, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to soapbox about this for a second because I know we were also the organization, the, the vendor of choice, the firm of choice, for one of our nonprofits that we work with that caters specifically to uh, trans folks. And we were responsible for the Trans Day of Remembrance uh, marketing, mm -hmm. you know, campaigns that, that were going on in the state of Colorado right before the shooting that happened the night of Tidor. The night it was the night of the, the night the of Tidor. When you have an organization whose employees are afraid to fucking come to work because of threats that they see on Facebook, that Facebook gives absolutely negative fucking 20 shits about. They do not care about these threats. Mm -hmm. The amount of times that we and other people have reported some of these actually very violent threats only to be told that they don't violate community standards. Do you think that the people who need the resources are getting the fucking help they need? No, they're not. And actually they're fucking afraid of getting shot. And so that this is why it is such a bad fucking idea to lump humanity and identity into some political ad category. It actually has very negative impacts that risk people's fucking lives. Mm. I should like, I get, I get so fucking angry about it. Uh, no, I just complained about it too. Cause I was trying, I've been trying to advertise for my book, as you know, and my camp, yeah. my ad campaigns keep, it doesn't, I have to change the language constantly because they'll work for a while. And then they'll be like, your ad was paused or suspended or rejected um, for being political or divisive. And I'm like, this mm -hmm. is a poetry book. I'm trans and I wrote it. How is this political or divisive? Like, yeah. and so it makes it really hard for people who are trying to get resources or their art or whatever that happen to live their lives as something other than normie, like, it's hard, makes it harder to share. Existence should never be political. But when we make somebody's existence political, all we do is further marginalize them and discriminate against them, even though we're saying that that's what we're trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. And that is, I, I think, you know what, I'll start my fucking 45 seconds because I like, I know I've already gone way over, but <laughs> at the same time, I, I do think that one of my biggest problems when it comes to not just Congress, but these platforms trying to change what user privacy means or, or, or wrangle it all back in, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They aren't curious enough about the problem. They don't understand all the dependencies in this massive web that is already there, that all the toothpaste that is already out of the tube that cannot go back. And in doing so, in trying to litigate and remove advertising targets, targeting options, what they don't realize because they don't think enough about communities that are affected by it is that it's just going to have negative impact across the board because the toothpaste is so far outside mm -hmm. the tube. Now you've created whole environments that, that stand to be negatively impacted as, as a result of, of trying to bring back user privacy. It's just, it's, it's not something that's going to happen. And that's not even, that's before I even get into how removing targeting options 
destroys the small business community mm-hmm. and our ability to advertise. Mm. <laughs> this is supposed to be a fun game, you guys. <laughs> we are having fun. We are having so much fun. We're having fucking fun. Um, Have you seen that TikTok of the little girl talking to her dad and she's just like, you love me? And she does it like eight <laughs> times, all mad. You love me? And you keep being like, yes. That's what it's like. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> Kaylee, are you ready? Yes. Uh, okay. So AI, this is even your topic. So AI I know. <laughs> is uh, doing like everything these days, right? Including professional headshots. And mm-hmm. we here at Broad uh, spent the $17, well, most of us did, uh, to let AI bully us and uh, <laughs> see our professional headshots that they chose for us. And the results were, um, they were kind of a mixed bag. So how do we feel about AI headshots, y'all? Kaylee, go ahead and get started. Well, I am in the minority of not wanting to get bullied by AI because I already got bullied in last year when we did this exact same thing. But <laughs> on that note, it makes me question, why are we still doing professional headshots if people are literally able to make it be whatever they want? Like, how is it at all actually showing who's going to show up to this interview if it's robotically made and also a lot of the times i would say danielle of your batch 25 percent were 10 percent were good 25 percent including okay and then the rest were like what is happening here Correct. okay what percentage was flat out hilarious though <laughs> talking about that the percent was just worth the 17 dollars to see like, uh, one of the alone was like, like most of it yeah, I loved it for you. <laughs> All right. Alan, you ready? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I I said I wanted AI to bully me, but then I didn't let it bully me. So I didn't do it. But that was because I was like, what gendered clothing would they put me in? I was like, I don't mm. need to do this to myself. I do not need to do this to myself. Like when I do the like TikTok AI filters, sometimes I'm like, wow, thank you for this dysphoria i did not need today so i was like "Mm, it might be it's it's like for me it crossed the line from like this could be freaking hilarious to like this could be incredibly hurtful to me today do i want to cry but ultimately i do find them really funny um but i agree with you kaylee why are we doing professional headshots if ai is just gonna make them also like can we hire photographers and real people and pay artists money thank you pay people so I, I did the, the $17 <laughs> and actually my new headshot is, uh, I did hire a photographer to do my headshots, uh, yeah. like a year and a half ago. Uh, and I used one of them for a while, but like, honestly, I just wasn't that pleased with the results. Um, I, I just didn't feel like it was, uh, where I wanted it to be. Um, and especially because like I was using them because I'm, you know, looking to audition and I have thought about like, once you do the actual headshots, you can, um, uh, pick which ones you want them to edit and then they will go in and hand edit them. So there were some that I was like, Oh, this is uh, not when you have to pay to do that. But like, there were some that I was like, this is really good, but my eyes all wonky here. Can you move this? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the one that I chose, the one that I'm using currently does actually look like me. If I just wore more makeup every day, Um, I do worry that it puts photographers out of business because you only need a couple of good headshots and if you can have somebody manually manipulate them, uh, it it definitely hurts. So, mm-hmm. well, now that I think about it, I got headshots done for my author photos last year, and I didn't find a single one that I felt was usable. And I paid someone so much money for those, and like I think about it too. And maybe maybe photographers can then be freed up unless someone's passion is professional LinkedIn headshots, like they could be freed up to do things that computers can't do, you know, and we can pay money for art. I feel like I know several photographers whose bread and butter is not in headshots, but it's what they have the highest volume of. And I don't know about y'all, but I can tell when somebody's interest isn't in headshots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've paid photographers two or three times in the last 
five, six years to do headshots. And each time I'm like, man, not this last time. I didn't feel like she hated me. <laughs> I just felt like, like maybe I just didn't like, maybe it was the backgrounds. Maybe it was just something that like, I didn't care about or care for much. But like, there have been times where I'm like, do you just not like me? Cause yeah. these don't even look like me. And I'm, that's not me being like dysphoric about like, like what I actually look like. I, you know, I can look at myself in zoom every day. These just don't look like me. And mm -hmm. you really didn't seem to to care about that. So I mean, you're right. Maybe it does free people up. I don't know. Well, and for me, I was like, oh, this, I didn't think to look through your portfolio and see if you photographed queer people and if you photographed mid-sized people. And then when I went back through the portfolio, I was like, everyone is thin. Everyone is white. Everyone looks very hetero. You know what I mean? And I was like, that, sure. that was a mistake too, you know? But I mean, I'm running into the same thing with AI, I, I, I would imagine. Um, sure. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I hate all professional photos I've had taken of me. Mm -hmm. Except for your wedding, honestly, Danielle. Yeah. I had some cute ones at your wedding. Yeah. They were great. They were I great. had some bad ones, too. I just have to be drunk at <laughs> 11 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I mean, I love I love my wedding photos, but I hate my hair. The that was when I had my dark hair, and I look back on that and I just like I cringe at it. I do not like it at all. So I wish I would love actually to hire AI to go back and uh, yeah. go like make them all redhead, right? Like I could hire mm. somebody to Photoshop that, but it seems like. That takes a long time and probably not something somebody wants to do. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Because, yes, pay artists. I, I also, I, I do agree with that. And I want to make sure that's clear. Uh, we will move on. Uh, I think, am, Alan, are you next? No, I'm next. I'm next. Yeah, you're next. Um, lawyers and uh, other organizations, I guess not just lawyers. They can't, lawyers generally don't bring suits by themselves, but they are suing small business owners in droves nationwide, but especially in uh, New York and California for the small business owners not following accessibility requirements on their website. Uh, obviously, we want to make sure that accessibility is something that all businesses are paying attention to. But how do we feel about the fact that small business owners are on the receiving end of this? I will go ahead and start. Um, I think it's that it's the easiest fruit and I think it's mm -hmm. fucked up mm -hmm. because most small business owners don't have any idea. Should they? Yes. I'm not saying let's give them all an excuse and a free pass, but there has been no push for small business owners in any capacity that I understand, whether it's at business development centers or otherwise, to push for accessibility on your website. We certainly didn't talk about it in the Goldman Sachs program. And this is something that my accountant has said is actually like sunk businesses that she's been working with. Uh, they're not going after corporations because they know corporations have deep pockets and general counsel. And that's the only reason they're not going after them, even though corporations should know better and do know better and have whole teams devoted to knowing better. So I think it's kind of bullshit. Uh, Kaylee, are you after me? Yes. No, I think so. Alan is after no. me. Oh, okay, man. Go ahead. I mean, I totally agree with you. It makes me so infuriated. Like, I want accessibility. I want websites to be accessible. Um, but this is, like, not the way to do it. And like you said, there have been no wide-range campaigns. Like, you know public health campaigns? Like, that, why is there no large campaign geared towards small business owners to say, like, accessibility is important for your website? There's not. And um, I also know that all accessible things, accessibility things, because I worked um, in accessibility in at a university, it is always hard on people with less money. And it's like, mm -hmm. come on, man, like, this is not the way to do it. We need things to be accessible. It has to be. But going after the people without resources already isn't fixing it. You know? No. Kaylee? 
So I think that there needs to be more push from the website platforms themselves to ensure that people who are building their websites on their platforms are producing accessible websites. Um, That could be anything from like HubSpot has checklists to make sure that like things are set up correctly. Just having that be part of the system when people upload websites of making sure their images have uh, alt text in them, things like that, because I mean, the business owners aren't web developers. These platforms are making it that way. Kaylee, love this. Awesome. Hashtag make accessibility accessible. Right? Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Do we start the campaign? Is that what we do? Like, we're the people that are like, we partner with some of, I mean, I know that there are several disability advocates that, that, you know, are, are already on this kind of charge. And I mean, you know, yeah, maybe partnering with them to say like, how can small business owners do this and do this effectively with fewer resources that could be a very good future pod. We have one last question, friends. I feel like this would be a good spot for Margot to enter a hilarious music break. Or like NFL song. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Music break. Neat. All right. Yes. Uh, the reason that we have a hilarious music break, I'm just assuming it got added, uh, is because our last question is arguably our most important question. Who would win? Despite the fact that it is no longer happening, who would win in a cage match? Zuck? Or Elon Musk, who actually is the one who asked for the cage match and then bitched out. So, <laughs> Kaylee, you want to kick us yes. off? Who wins yes. in the cage match, Kaylee? Your time starts now. Okay, so I would like to say, if e- like looking at the actual cage mask, mass, match, if Elon has one good punch, sucker punch... Like, he could do it, but I'm thinking cardio-wise, I'm thinking technique, it's going to be Zuckerberg, or it would be, even though he's taking the high road to be like, why are we even doing this? Um, I'm sure that's just to make Elon angrier, honestly. I also don't think Elon's ever taken a punch before in his life, so if he got hit, that might be all he needs. 12 seconds left. Incredible. Alan, are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. I want to say that nobody wins, first of all. None of us do, but... No, but I do want to... I back Kaylee up. I think Zuck would win. I have wrestled with my wife, who is small, but so mighty. And, like, I go to Orange Theory and stuff, and, like, they will beat me every time. But Mm -hmm. have you seen the Elon meme where he's carrying the Jesus cross? He's supposed to be Jesus, and he has all these muscles. (laughs) If that's the Elon (laughs) that shows up... To the cage mask. I'm worried for Tiny Zuck. That's all I'm going to say. I shared that meme. Also, why can't you guys say cage match? Cage, cage match. match. Cage match. I know. We cage. both keep saying cage mask. Cage <laughs> mask. Cage match. <laughs> it's hard. They wear cage masks in the cage match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cage that's a, match. That's a good, a good tongue twister. All right. Uh, my time starts now. I'm also, we're, we're three and oh, uh, odds are on Zuck. Sorry, Elon. Um, not to, not to hate on any kind of dietary choices. Cause I definitely don't, but we're talking about Elon who ha- drinks like a case of Coke, diet Coke on his nightstand before he goes to bed versus Zuck who loves smoking meats, you know, he loves smoking meats. He loves posing shirtless with his hands wrapped with his two trainers. I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like Zuck has trained for this moment. I also feel like both of them are nerds, but Elon was a rich nerd who didn't have anything Mm -hmm. to prove to anybody. Yeah. And Zuck was the nerd that needed to prove 
everything to everyone around him because he also wasn't very well liked. I think people like Elon, rich nerds don't care that they're not well liked, but like not rich nerds, like they've got some compensating. It's a different upbringing. Absolutely. They have some compensating to do. He has done some compensating. He married a hottie. He smokes meats now. He has a six pack, I guess. Like (laughs) he smokes meats. He smokes so many meats you guys a lot of briskets (laughs) like like he's very big into it i and you know good that he lives in california where it's like good meat smoking weather year round because like you couldn't do that in Mm. new york you know you couldn't do that in michigan select moats meats oh my god (laughs) (laughs) moats meats and cake mashes select smoked meets seasonality (laughs) you know what i think that today we provided some excellent tongue twisters to voice actors everywhere before they get started select smoked meats seasonality Mm. i'm Mm. just running on depresso and espresso oh i feel like you guys like fucking like it was a hilarious joke that we could have made merch out of, and instead you were like, "I'm just gonna drop this in zero context, like completely inappropriate times, the beginning of the episode and the end of the episode." Whatever, you know what? I'll take the mug. I'll take the mug. That has been our show for today. Margot will be thrilled that it is mm. short, uh, and you know, also adding a fun musical break. That's new, right? So uh, we hope that you join us. No, is it not new? No, we've done this before. No, we've done the music. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. It's new for me for an episode <laughs> I'm on. I think. Anyhow, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this round of hot takes. If you have a better name than Caliente Commentary, please hit us up on our socials. Uh, you can find us at Target Snarket on Instagram and LinkedIn, right? And uh, also on YouTube. We will be there in case you wanted to watch us because I was definitely pointing at my head a lot when I was talking about the pussy hats. So... <laughs> Just like if you wanted to There's make sure that you extra context so, when you watch us. So much, so much more. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you learned a lot today uh, and we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in to Target Snarket, a weekly podcast brought to you by Broad Digital Consulting. Our podcast is hosted by Danielle Bilbrook, Kaylee Myers, and Alan Connolly, and produced by Margot Gill. You can always learn more about Broad Digital Consulting on our website, broad.digital. That's B-R-O-A-D dot digital. Or you can find us on social media using the handle at Target Snarket. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling so inclined, we'd love for you to review our pod if you like what you're hearing. 